0: This is WSJ
1: Speakeasy, your
0: source for entertainment, pop culture, celebrity, and the arts.
1: Hello, welcome to the Speakeasy podcast. My name is Mike Ayers. I'm an arts reporter here at The Journal. Today, we're joined by Emmy Award-winning actor Tony Hale, who plays Gary Walsh on HBO's acclaimed Veep. Tony, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Uh, The new season of Veep on Sunday night has become pretty much a power, power lineup on HBO. It's Veep. Game of Thrones, Silicon Valley, it's comedy, it's nerd comedy, it's uh, drama <laughs> with swords and dragons. I mean, it's this.
0: Comic Con comedy.
1: <laughs> yes, um, that is that is a term that uh, should be uh, an official term if Come it's not. comedy. Yeah. Um, all right, good. Well, when any show, you know, Veep is going to its uh, fifth season, you know, when any show in this day and age makes it to a fifth season. I feel like that's that's a feat you know what what do you think's clicked so well
0: oh man um i don't i mean i'm man i'm so thankful f- to have a gig that's lasted this long i think that's just so gr- i'm hugely grateful for that but i when i started the show one thing that really drew me to it um was i love the idea that it shows a behind the scenes look at what might be happening in politics because i mean especially now i mean there's so much chaos happening right now but you know, for so many years, all you see is this kind of perfect posturing and sound, perfect sound bites and people spinning and all this kind of stuff. But you never see behind the scenes. You never see them freaking out. You never see them get insecure. You never see them screaming at their assistant. And obviously, we're a satire, but it does give looks behind the curtain a little bit. And I, I think I'm drawn to that. Like, I love the humanity of that because we're all a work in progress. You know, putting anybody on a pedestal is kind of dangerous so i think that might have given it some longevity and mm. just if, and the you know the the pedigree that it came from armando iannucci who did the thick of it in the uk and it's a very you know it's pretty raw and it's shot you know very um i don't know it's very quick and incredibly dense for comedy you know it's something that really takes a lot of you know you got to really pay attention
1: yeah i mean you know obviously insecurity as, as a thing for comedy, you know, that's, that's, oh, that's gold. A, that's gold. That's but, all you want to play. So, yeah. But, you know, it's, it is rare that we ever get to see that, you know, with, you know, politicians mm-hmm. or anybody that's in the, the public face, you know, yeah. someone, you know, may trip on a, uh, you know, walking somewhere and they, uh, yeah. And that gets a lot of hits. That gets a lot of hits, but, um, you know, you, you rarely see what, you know the show is is depicting these mm-hmm. these these freak outs mm-hmm. and I like to watch freak outs it's fun
0: i know i like i I personally like that a lot too, and I think it it does take the i mean you these people you know who in a job that I would never want in politics because it's like a pressure cooker of anxiety but you know, they do something and there's a whole team around them to if they made a mistake to spin it into something else or to ignore it or something like that, because there's so much focus on what's in the public eye. And then if there's a mistake made or if it's perfect or whatever, there's a whole team back there just like, OK, we've got to arrange this. So what's happening behind that curtain? Like what's going on back there? That's what I want to see. That's mm. the reality show I'd watch.
1: Yeah, and you know, obviously the the people on Veep might not be.
0: Oh as God, we're a bunch good. of Keystone Cops. We're a <laughs> bunch of morons. <laughs> um, which is
1: uh, which is what's great about it. I mean, I don't know. I was thinking this morning. You know, you know, back to that idea that a show, uh, you know, its longevity. Um, you know, do you think comedies become harder with the internet and s- and so many choices mm. and the audience becoming? You know, so saturated with so many platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. What do you th- What do you think about that?
0: Well, I think I think it could be looked at that like that, or it could be looked that I think there's a place for every style. I mean, there used to be a very specific formula of there was you know four networks and they all had multi-cam comedies, and it was a specific style. And now with I mean, the hundreds, if not thousands, of choices. You, I mean, anybody, any niche can you know, be brought out there. And there seems to be an audience for it because shows are being made and channels are still being developed and all that.
1: Um, So I'm I'm convinced that if, you know, Veep went away. There could be a Gary and Selena spinoff show, and that would last for well, for years. I mean, this is a comedic <laughs> duo that has. Like, well,
0: let's just acknowledge that's Gary's dream. I mean, Gary would <laughs> Gary wants them to be married. Gary wants them to be at the altar, and Selena doesn't even know Gary's last name, pretty much. No, no. So she I don't know doesn't. if Selena would sign up for it, but Gary would be the front. <laughs> he would mm-hmm. be like pitching it to every channel out there.
1: So how has the the connection grown between you and Julia over over this the course of this this series? I mean did you guys first meet when mm-hmm. it was started? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, we had met. The weird thing is we had met. We had actually done a scene together on Arrested Development because I was she was playing a blind lawyer and I was uh, I was Buster doing something and somebody asked us they said, "Had you guys worked together before?" and we said, "No, we never worked together." And somebody <laughs> sent us a screenshot of us working together across from each other in Arrested Development. We were like, well, clearly both of us blocked that out. Um, but we met then, but you know, didn't really get to know each other. And then on Veep, we really just got to know each other and, you know, talk about a comic history. Like hers is crazy, um, but she doesn't – there's no ego. There's no entitlement. It's just she, – she creates us – because here's the deal. The number one in on the call sheet, whoever the star is, sets the tone for everything. And she sets an incredibly um, family vibe. Everybody throws their hat in. You feel very safe to give ideas. It's fun. We're supportive of each other, and that's that's all you could ask for.
1: Um, do you think there's something kind of fundamental about your personalities or comedic timings that just has clicked over the over the years? Um,
0: I don't know. I mean, gosh, I don't know. I mean, we have a trust where. You know, the worst is when you're working on a gig and you say something like, yeah, this isn't really working. And the other person goes, ah, I think it's working. And you're like, oh, crap, we're not yeah, on the no. same page. Mm-hmm. So to be a, with her and a lot of I mean, everybody else in the cast, when you go, yeah, something's not working. And they go, yeah, I hear what you're saying. That's like, oh, you feel like there's that same vibe, you know. So I don't know how that happened, but very thankful it did.
1: You should, the... The dynamic between you two, you know, there's a lot of a lot of verbal spats, and you know, <laughs> abuse. Mostly, let's yeah, abuse. Go ahead and say abuse. And say abuse. <laughs> um, but domestic also, abuse. Domestic abuse. That. Yeah, it also, you know, very subtly, which a lot of the shows has so much subtle humor, but the uh, the physical comedy between you two, and <laughs> yeah. specifically you it, uh, fun. invading her.
0: Her personal space always, oh, it which looks is so uncomfortable. Dream. I don't call it invading. I call it just intimacy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I he, call it true intimacy. It, it, it
1: is a, it is a weird, tr- <laughs> true intimacy. Between she calls men. it invasive. It's yeah. I it's call like, it necessary intimacy. Imagine like her fl- swatting away a fly. Like yeah, you know, exactly. Like she's. He's. And I call that close. as
0: a friendly pat. Friendly pat. Friendly <laughs> pat on the on the cheek. <laughs> That's what's so <laughs> crazy is Gary is so just in this, just in an abusive cycle because he just bounces right back and ignores every word that's been spoken to him, every just, you know, put down or emasculation. He just, it's never existed. Mm. He, she's his queen. Um, growing up,
1: were you into the more cerebral or the more physical type comedy?
0: Growing up, I was, I would say more physical because I loved The Carol Burnett Show, mm. which was my, uh, I mean, Tim Conway on The Carol Burnett Show, Bob Newhart, Um, something that they always did that I just was fascinated by was they never pushed the comedy. They would always just sit in the tension. If something was awkward, they'd sit in it. And Tim Conway had this character where he was an old man. He just walked really slowly across the stage and he didn't wink at the audience. He just walked and it was hilarious. And he, he knew the circumstances he was given were nuts and awkward and he just sat in it. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's hilarious. And I want to do that. And that's what you're,
1: kind of, you're doing with, with Veep. There's a lot There's of tension. There's a
0: lot of tension. And I love, I don't like, I will say, I don't like watching shows. I watch my show because I know that I know what's happening behind the scenes. But watching comedies or even movies in general that are very tense and very awkward, my wife makes fun of me because I'll just leave the room. It's too, I stop, I, I can't breathe. I mean, it's, I just it makes me nervous. But doing it is different. Doing it is really fun. Interesting. All right.
1: Did you ever try stand
0: up? Uh, I didn't. No. I think I would enjoy it. If but there's man, there's a lot of craftsmanship that goes into a standup. Lot. The Jim Gaffigan is um, my wife and I know him and his wife Jeannie and. He's been working a long time at that, and it's, it seems so easy, but man, there's a lot of work that goes into that.
1: I mean, it feels like, I was thinking about the, the, the entire cast of, of Veep this morning, and it feels like all of them, or maybe most of them, you know, they come from this theater improv background mm. and not really this kind of stand-up background. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, does that make a difference, do you think?
0: Yeah, I, because, you know, in our show, we ha- it's very unusual, we have about two weeks of rehearsal before we shoot, and that never happens. I've I've never experienced that happening. You kind of typically just show up and do it. So we have a lot of rehearsal where we can play with stuff and figure out what's working. We improv. We come up with ideas, and really, that's a large part of it. Huge part of it, actually.
1: Uh, the other night on SNL, you made a you made a cameo. Yeah, um, that and was uh, so
0: cool and so overwhelming and awesome.
1: Yeah. Do you get you
0: uh, ner- nervous at that point? Well, I mean, she, man, she, the, the way she, I think anybody who hosts—that's like that's what you—that's a feat. Like she had shooting digital shorts and hosting and sketches and all that stuff. That's a lot. I just came in and did like a silly cue card bit. Yeah, it was maybe ten seconds, but still, but it was. Are you kidding? It was like of the blast. It was a blast. And my wife worked there for seven years because she was a makeup artist on SNL. So I had been there a couple of times when she was working there a long time ago, and I knew that it was—it's a very well-oiled machine that place.
1: Yeah. Did you go to the cast party afterwards? Oh yeah. Yeah. I good. never say no to free. No. You know, during that monologue, she referenced kind of the crazy election season that you had just uh, mm-hmm. uh, brought up. When you all were making season five, were there conversations about what was going on in the real world?
0: Yeah. Honestly, it, I, that's what I, I really admire about all these writers—is they. It's um. They write something and then it sometimes it's happening in life, but it's never like they see something happen and then try to do a parallel example of it on the show. It's it's they because honestly, what's happening now in the election? If we scripted that, people would be like, ah, it's too broad. That that can't happen. So many times we've done things and then it's happened. You know, so I, it's not really. I don't. I don't get the sense that they use. And actually, this Australian. I don't know if you heard about this Australian Prime Minister. I don't know if I remember the details, but he used the cam- his campaign slogan was continuity for change or something yes, like that. And yes. her book on the show, mm-hmm. the satirical book, was continuity with change. And it's like, what? That means nothing. Right. That was the joke. And then you see it in the news and you're like, wait a second. What? You know? Yeah,
1: you almost kind of feel bad or sad or something yeah. <laughs> when situations
0: like that, tell you that His assistant up. told him that. I don't think he was probably very happy. I
1: don't know. Does it, you know, does satire become harder as things get
0: more seemingly nuts? Um, yeah. I don't, I mean, I think there's always a place to go. I mean, it's weird, though, because now that we keep shooting, we're like, oh, we're, we're doing this. I hope this doesn't happen because this <laughs> is, like, really crazy. Um... But I think there's always a crazy story... They always come up with something.
1: All right. We're going to take a quick break. We're talking with Tony Hale today about Veep.
0: Hi, this is Jason Gay, sports writer at The Wall Street Journal. And I have a podcast called Free For All. And guess what? It's not just sports. We'll also talk about some real estate, some music, some culture, some fashion. I could talk about fashion. It's the Free For All. Become a subscriber on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at WSJ Podcasts, And check us out at WSJ.com slash podcast. WSJ. J podcasts. Listen ambitiously now.
1: Back to the show. Hello, we're back today speaking with Tony Hale of the HBO series Veep. Tony, thanks for coming by today. Thanks for having me. Um, you've been in, in in New York for a few days now. Um, have you been doing anything interesting, fun?
0: Man, I love being back in the city. It was kind of uh, busy uh, doing stuff for the show, but we went to you know to dinner and. I mean, the weather has been really nice. We went to see some friends in actually Dumbo, Brooklyn. I'd never been out there. That's a great little area. Um, so, yeah, I'm just kind of hanging. I lived here for, I think, eight years. And so it's fun just to... But it's- that was 13 years ago. And it's weird. Like, when I come back, I think I know, like, three of my friends that used to live- I used to live here with. But now everybody's gone. Everybody's gone. I know. As you get older, people just start moving out. They leave. Do you, do you miss it? Um, do I miss it? Uh, I really like Los Angeles. I really like California. I like to visit New York. It's being older for me. Uh, it's an energy that was great when I was in my twenties and early thirties. And then I, I, it got a little overwhelming for me. So I like, I, it was time for me to move.
1: It's hard to maintain that energy.
0: Well, it's like you step on the, it's like you step outside and all of a sudden the sidewalk becomes a moving sidewalk and it's just like, <laughs> you just swept, which is fun for, for me to visit, you're like, I'm swept into this energy. But every day it was, I remember actually when I was living here towards the end, I would be on fifth Avenue and I would always step into the cathedrals on fifth Avenue. And it was like going from just like chaos to just absolute silence. And I would just take those breaks of saying, okay, I got to just breathe a little bit and then get back into it.
1: Yeah. It is certainly a weird place that you know, has so much human activity in such Lots. a confined
0: space, Yeah. Um, and you know, so much stimulus. I mean, st- just so much to look at and experience. And I mean, I haven't even hit Central Park, and I always try to get to Central Park when I'm here, but I haven't gotten there yet.
1: So the pace of L.A. it's it's obviously slower, but it's it's slower good, good pace. It's,
0: I think L.A. is very spread out. The one thing I do miss about New York is the accessibility of the city. The subway was is fantastic. It smells like awful sometimes, but it's, it gets you places quick. That is not the case in LA. It's about a 45-minute drive sometimes if you have to go from the east to the west side. So in LA, you kind of find your area, and then you you really spend most of your time in that area. Do you lament the the time you spend in cars? Is it's weird. I don't really... Um, I don't... I get so used to it, actually. I mean, yeah. I'll listen to the radio. My, do- my daughter, who's 10, has gotten used to it, and it's kind of... Sometimes she is. Like the other, when she was younger and we were in traffic once, she was like, who started it? Who started traffic? Like she didn't really get it. She was like, this is annoying. But now we just kind of talk and she tells me about her day. We listen to, I know every Top 40 song now because of her and... You know Taylor Swift sometimes about Rihanna. makes me Rihanna, mm-hmm. RiRi, Megan Trainer, all those all those folks. Mm-hmm. I know Do all you guys that. Music. Sing No together? We might. Okay. There's no. Sh- I might have been singing No a few <laughs> days ago. We throw it out there. Right. I actually think she's fantastic, Megan Trainor. Yeah, I love Kelly Clarkson. I love all those pop stars, and we just we blare it in the car.
1: Yeah. Well, they are the the. Pop moment right now is is very high quality. I feel you know mm-hmm. charting wise, it's doing it's doing well. Mm-hmm. There's an appetite for it. Oh yeah, and um,
0: and they got good voices. They got good voices. Meghan Trainor's got a great voice. I mean,
1: they're making they're making songs that you theoretically will still be hearing at weddings in
0: ten years. Oh yeah, you're gonna be hearing no at every you know reception for a while. That mm-hmm. and single ladies will come up. Mm-hmm. All right, all right, good, good, good. Um,
1: You know, a a few moments ago, you mentioned, uh, you know, Arrested Development, you know, before V, people really latched on to Buster and he was such an iconic character. But um, I don't know, uh, you know, maybe you would think that that would be hard to top at that moment. But it feels like Gary's kind of doing that, you know, like he's he's taken this life of his own. You know, Mm. he's he's, you know, five seasons in, you know, he's (laughs) won two two Emmys, you know, playing him. It's you know, it's. It's really been, I think, a, another defining
0: role for your career. What do you think? Oh, thanks for saying that. Um, yeah, I mean, he's there. At first, Gary and Buster seemed to have some similarities because they both had obviously some mommy issues and definitely an anxiety foundation and all this kind of stuff. But the more I've kind of lived with Gary, like, he really. St- Buster never really stepped up for his mother and Gary steps up for his Selena. And I think Gary is, he knows how to be in that world. I don't think he knows much about politics, but he can be in the world where Buster just had a hard time getting to the pharmacy, you know? So I think Gary, actually Gary would probably take care of Buster really well. I think if they, he would probably take him out to dinner and they'd probably sit in the back corner of a meal and Gary would make sure there would, you know, at least amount of stimulus around him and, probably give him some good therapy notes
1: what type of restaurant would gary take buster that's
0: to? a really good question maybe like a He probably wouldn't want the choices too overwhelming like a no. cheesecake factory because a no. catalog might it's be crazy. too overwhelming so it's maybe crazy. like an maybe like an in-and-out burger where there's like only six choices it so may keep it simple
1: yeah, yeah. Keep it simple. Back corner. Back corner. You know, no
0: crazy like secret And Buster secret likes menu grilled stuff. cheese, so he might like a food truck. Okay. Maybe find a grilled cheese food truck or food something. Truck, Keep park. it simple. Go to a park. There's not. You don't have as much, um, you know, stimulus around you.
1: All right. Good. You just got um, beauty,
0: and Buster needs some beauty in his life. They both need some beauty in their life.
1: They do. They do. In uh, the first season, that's uh, the first episode of the of the new season. You know, speaking of like what his, he steps up. You know, he does step up and try to help. You know, Selena with her with an unfortunate, very unfortunate you know, uh, skin, pimple situation, skin issue, yeah, uh, skin issue that she describes as maybe a lodged skittle <laughs> in her cheek. I think at one point. Um, so he does step up, That's even right. if he doesn't necessarily he do
0: right. know. But he's what convinced. To do. He's when he when he does step up, he's convinced that he's right, and he had a lot for that issue. He had a very specific home remedy that he thought um, was going to work. Yeah, what was he that? It was from hear- Savannah, right? It was from S- Savannah. Savannah, Savannah from, Georgia. From, 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 from its relatives. It was like a homeopathic salve. And he was pretty convinced it was going to work. And, well, it didn't. It, it, it didn't work, but she tries but it. Great. And in Gary's world, great effort. In her world, I'm always a step away from losing my job. Mm -hmm.
1: Do these, uh, do politicians, they they have these assistants working with them all the time,
0: right? They're called either body men or bag men. Why bag men? Uh, Because I carry around a very large bag and I have whatever she needs in that bag. Weird, (laughs) fascinating job to
1: have if that was your job. It is weird and fascinating,
0: but it is Gary's nirvana. I mean, there's probably like 80 pockets in that bag that he has personally sewed in with, you know, you know, specific leather. He's probably chosen from the internet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they, one of them has her tweezers. One has her hand sanitizer. One's got the White House M Ms. You mm-hmm. know, it's like they are. He knows. He can probably. You know, there's one episode where he put a blind. F- no. Oh no, he had somebody do a game and called out things and how fast could he pull them out of his bag?
1: Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be a great promotional item. You know, Gary Gary's bag. They could. Yeah. You know, I mean, in real the life. The
0: bag I carry on set. Gary would be humiliated because it's like empty water bottles and. It's nothing. Maybe some gum, but mm-hmm. so I would not I would bring him shame. Um do you have
1: any neurotic tendencies yourself that these uh, people have? Me you know, <laughs> I mean we all do, right? <laughs> yeah. Do I have any personally? Oh man, what do I have? Like are your wife or your friends ever saying like calm down, Gary around certain
0: situations? Oh um oh yeah. I mean I I I would say I'd probably have more of a focus issue. Like it's it's, it's tough for me to focus in certain environments, but um, when I, let me think, uh, what is a neurotic, man, there's, um, uh, I don't know, I'd have to think about that. That's an overwhelming question for me, because sometimes you don't really have, a, you feel anxious, sometimes it. sometimes it couldn't be anything, it's just like all of a sudden you get anxious about stuff and you're like, well, where the hell did that come from? You ever... Heights. I don't like heights.
1: Okay, heights are yeah.
0: That's, that's heights. Good... is Maybe that's a typical one. though. Yeah, kind of. T- I mean, do you ever get you know? Uh... I used to be. I used to be really anxious uh, around animals like dogs and stuff because okay. I had a lot of asthma allergies as a kid. <laughs> Um, but then I got two hypoallergenic dogs, and I'm I'm in love with dogs now. Yeah, I like dogs.
1: Are you pretty? F- when you're working, you're always very focused. Like you mm. can hone in like pretty.
0: Yeah, and that's what's what's fun about the VEEP process is they'll give us a scene that we've rehearsed and we're ready to shoot set, and it hasn't stopped. Like we are still like okay, how can we make this moment funny? Or What can we do here? Like maybe she puts her bag down, and I immediately catch it, or maybe you know it's like how what can we do to really amp this up? So you're always kind of in that focused mode of like, let's make this funnier. Mm.
1: All right, good. Uh, How long does it take to to do a season of V? Like four months? Um, Yeah, it's about four months. About four months. All right. So uh, I don't know, what have you been doing these days when you're not shooting?
0: Mm. What am I doing? I'm hanging, well, even though this year we shot in Los Angeles, which was fantastic, so I was closer to home, but it's so busy that right now I'm just kind of loving being with the family, doing this, coming to New York with my wife. Um, my daughter was just in this community production of Annie where she played Daddy Warbucks, which it was really fun. It's <laughs> great. It was awesome. But she didn't wear a bald cap, and I was like, what's up? She had a wig on. She I'm like, what Daddy, Daddy Warbucks yeah. doesn't have a bald cap? But, of course, I loved it and praised her. Um, uh, what else? Um, just hanging, and then it's fun to kind of see the cast together for all this press stuff because then we get to catch up. Um. Yeah, just kind of, you know, always, I'm actually about to do another Drunk History. I, I've done those every year, and I, I I love that show, so that's really fun.
1: Uh, is there a historical moment you're...
0: I don't think they've given me the specifics of it yet, but they I think they say, can we, there's an availability, like, am I available that day? And I was like, sure. I love, I've learned, I learned from that show. I learned from drunk people about history.
1: That's an odd thing to say, but, you know, I think a lot of people <laughs> Have you do. watched it?
0: I haven't watched much of it. Dude, it it is so good. I mean, maybe I didn't pay attention as a kid. I'm sure I didn't. But it's these people, they get them drunk. A little sad, but they get them drunk. And then they recite these historical events, and then we act them out. But most of the facts are absolutely right. And I learned stuff from it.
1: Uh, What is the preferred uh, beverage that people seem to get drunk off of? It
0: could be wine, tequila. Never know. They don't actually maybe... uh, You can kind of guess what it is, but they don't really call it out what it is specifically
1: okay and is it like like kind of
0: buzzed or like these are people oh no these people get drunk okay they get (laughs) they get drunk and that's when the funny comes out okay like it is funny all right
1: all right good we've been talking with tony hale today about all things veep thanks tony for coming by thanks for having me for more podcasts, check us out at Wsj.comslash slash podcast. And you can become a subscriber on iTunes and Stitcher and now Spotify. And thanks for tuning in.